Let's do this. Episode two, Overtime Sports Show, back at it again, coming to you live from South Florida and North Florida. I'm Greg Gross, my partner in crime again for the next hour or so is Dan O'Brien. Dan, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing phenomenal, ready for number two. Let's get it. Let's get it. Love it, love it, love it. Got a great show for you today. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about that happened over the weekend. Before we do, want to let everybody know, anybody listening out there, that we don't know what's going to come of this show. Right now we're doing this purely as a hobby and for fun. Hopefully to be entertaining for everybody out there, informative, just to chat and talk sports with people. That's our passion. But one thing I think we both want is for this to become interactive over time. We want to have a show that engages listeners. We want to chalk it up with the average fan, just like you and I out there in the world. So go to our website, go to our Facebook page, hit us up on Twitter. We'll read your posts, your comments, your tweets, and let's just make this an interactive thing. I, um, I definitely want to engage with listeners. I know uh, my partner Dan does as well, but let's jump right in. I got a lot of thoughts, especially starting with what happened yesterday. I really don't know where to begin. Yesterday's game between Giants and Seahawks didn't go as as I was hoping. Being a diehard Giants fan that I am, that game left a lot to be desired. Uh, going into it, I was I was kind of optimistic. I was really hoping that it was going to be a get right game for the Giants. They had an opportunity at home, of course, in front of a nationwide audience, prime time. To get to two and two and and really, you know, kind of right the ship, so to speak. Lord knows they got a tough schedule ahead of them with Miami coming up on the road. They go to Buffalo after that. And yesterday was just a big opportunity to to calm the nerves, to calm the fears of of the fans, the media, the players themselves. And it just it didn't happen. It was the exact opposite of that. It just it's astounding to me how bad they can look and even worse that it has to be in prime time with the magnifying glass on it, you know, that much more intense. Um, at this point, it's just, it's a mockery how bad they are when it comes to prime time. I don't know what the answer is anymore. It seems like they've got a lot of problems, a lot of holes 
last year, it was such a bright spot for them to make the postseason. It looked like they were going in the right direction with Dayball. Jones looked like he turned a little bit of a corner. And this offseason, you know, they added some different weapons. Obviously, Barkley going down changes things. Um, he's, you know, a, a focal point for their offense and their team in general. But I can tell you right now, from my perspective, he's not the reason why they're in the hole that they are. And it's not Daniel Jones's fault either. I, I think there's so much blame to go around, which is why I'm just I'm puzzled here as we sit here on a, a Tuesday evening. I, I'm really just perplexed. I, I don't know what the answer is. I think if you look at last night's game, there's just so many holes on this team, and it's not where I expected them to be right now. They've just played miserable football to start this season. You know, I think they've only scored nine points now in the first half, four games into the season, which is just stupidly incredible. And it's just, it's become a laughing stock. And, and like I said, what's worse is where do they go from here? I, I don't think it's going to get any better. They've got a, a tough schedule ahead of them. And um, there's just, it's a sad day as a Giants fan. And I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Um, Dan, you know that I'm going to be in South Florida this weekend, um, taking a trip with some family members, going to see the Giants in person. Still looking forward to it. Hopefully it's a good time, but I was really looking forward to seeing some competitive football. And there's nothing from what I saw yesterday or the first four games that makes me think I'm going to see anything remotely close to that, which is really disappointing because tickets aren't cheap and I want to go see my team uh, put on a good show. But from what we saw yesterday, I uh, I don't think that that's coming. But what do you think? I'm, I'm sure you got your, your thoughts as well. What do you think from what we saw yesterday in the first four weeks of the G-Men? So going off what you said, obviously you are a bigger G-Men fan than I am. I'm a huge fan of NFL. If I had a root for a team, I would go, you know, harder than NFL. I'd go with the Giants, as as you know that, as, as I know that. But going off what you said, Saquon Barkley was injured, yes. That's not the main point, but he is a he's a main focal point of the offense. Also, watching last night, if I read the stat, that they let up 11 sacks. So that goes off the line. Andrew Thomas is a top-five pick. He was out last night, and they did a makeshift line. So – you know, I, I just think that Daniel Jones with the line and the pressure that was coming with 11 sacks, I mean, you got to throw it underneath two and a half seconds to have any any kind of success. Well, watching the game Sunday night, Chris Collinsworth did a stat. They showed Zach Wilson throwing the ball under two and a half seconds. It was a lot better. It was like night and day over two and a half seconds. So you factor in the 11 sacks that they gave up the Giants last night, factor in the, fault, the fact that they don't have Saquon Barkley, and just there's really nothing you can do but – you know, there's only one in three, so there's a bunch of football left. Daniel Jones, you saw what he did against the Vikings in the playoffs. You saw why he earned that contract that he got. He's got this capability. You saw what he did second half against the Cardinals. He can come back and do it, and they just need to get some line help. They need to get healthy, first of all. They just need to get healthy. And next week, going against the Dolphins on the road in Miami, that's going to be a tough show after the Dolphins got shellacked by the Bills. They're going to become with some vengeance. But you know what I always say is the luck is when you're in the in the action, live and in color, you're going to be there. So they might give you something to be happy for. So, yeah, just go. Yeah, that's going true. That, it's, yeah, very true. That's what I always say. I go to a lot of sporting events, as you know, and I always say it's better to have me 
in there and it's going to give the team some extra oomph. Not that it does anything, but just an extra yell or an extra feel good, you know, positivity. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I completely agree. You know, it's any given Sunday. I mean, I, I really hope oh, exactly. I'm wrong. I hope they surprise me and I'm going to have a good time regardless, but it's just what we saw yesterday. It's, it's, it's the same horror script over and over and over again. And it, it's just a mockery at this point. You know, I, I'm sure you're getting some, some texts and calls and things like that. And I'm getting it nonstop from, you know, friends and, you know, guys who, see you know other teams that just have success and then they look at the giants and they they text me and they're like dude what is going on with your team and i don't even have an answer for it anymore you know you you brought up some good points i mean andrew thomas obviously is is a big deal and and that's a a large part of the reason why they gave up so many sacks that they did yesterday but you know your point i mean he's not the only one they just have this patchwork quilt of an offensive line you know i i, I do personally blame the coaching staff and I don't know if it's if it's Dayball I don't know if it's Kafka and and even the offensive line coaches in general how they don't put in extra blockers you know bring in a couple tight ends when they see that it's just going off the rails as early as it was is just kind of beyond me it, it didn't look like they were making any kind of adjustments um, because you know the one thing I saw yesterday too was that the Seahawks weren't world beaters you know they they didn't look amazing they they let the giants stay in the game for a really really long time to the point where i was starting to get a little hope i thought you know they're still in this game you know something can happen here or there changes the the momentum and all of a sudden they're back in it i mean graham gano was was keeping them in it but the coaching staff just didn't seem to have any kind of meaningful adjustments and obviously Jones doesn't help matters with his untimely turnovers. The the whole team in general was just bad, but I kind of wonder where the coaching staff is in terms of adjustments and, and scheming because they just didn't look like they had any kind of answer at all. You get an opportunity at, at, at halftime and there's so many guys upstairs now, you know, that have headsets on that should be pointing this stuff out to them. I mean, I don't know if you saw any of the Manning cast yesterday, but Peyton and Eli were, were really, really funny. Thank God we have them to tune into, you know, for some humor while we're watching the games. But Peyton was calling things out that was obvious to, to you and I and the average fan. You know, So if, if he can see it and he's blatantly calling it out now that he is a, a spectator himself, why aren't the Giants doing that? I, I just, it, again, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I, I just don't know what the answers are. Yeah, it's... It's 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 hard, and not to go back to the injuries, but they're also missing Evan Neal, who was also a top ten pick from two years ago, and yeah. their other top ten pick from two years ago, Thibodeau. He's been nobody really on defense, and Thibodeau belongs on a milk carton. I, he does. He, uh, he, he, yeah, he he wants more money. He's been complaining, wanting more yeah. money, and he hasn't done anything. He had one he sack last night and like two tackles. What's that going to get you? Yeah, absolutely nothing. So well, yeah, well, we don't Fred know. I called him the French guy yesterday on the. <laughs> Yeah, and then another interesting stat I heard this morning on a radio show, Boomer and Geo, that we listened to, is they mentioned that in the pregame conversations with Troy Aikman and Brian Dable, Brian Dable said that he's got to find that extra oomph in Daniel Jones. Like, he's got to make sure that he's energized and make sure that he's ready. I mean, what does that tell you about your franchise quarterback getting paid $41 million a year? That's that's an eye-opener. So it's just – 
Yeah. You know, everybody's going to go back to why did he get $41 million because of the playoffs? I mean, I, I don't think that would have been enough, but I guess what was their other option? That's kind of what they were saying this morning too. Yeah. They're not, there was nobody good in the draft. I don't think they want to tank for Caleb Williams next year yet because Daniel Jones, he's still pretty young, but yeah, like I said, there's really, really just no answers. I mean, it just really does stink coming off of that, that great taste from last year with the giants winning a playoff game and, they were saying pretty much after that playoff game, they haven't done anything. The Eagles yeah. smoked them. Cowboys smoked them. The Cardinals were about to smoke them. Seahawks smoked them. So it's just very yeah. interesting stuff. Very, very confusing, very frustrating. And you hope it doesn't go because Brian Dable is a good coach. He's, he's a, he's a great I like coach. him so far. I think the same thing. Last year, he seemed to embody – heart and soul and spirit, sort of a, a no-nonsense guy that that had some passion and some fire. But so far this season, it, it seems – I don't know if it's a complete 180. Like a but I see. He seems a lot more passive. I mean, do you agree? Yeah. He just – Yeah, very much like a David very, very annoying, very – I just think that he thinks he's still on the bear, or the Bills with Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's a freak of nature. Yeah. So, yeah. But. Yeah, you know, the one thing is I, I think – Daniel Jones gets in my book a little too much of the blame and the criticism. It's so easy to to put all the weight and the responsibility on the shoulders of the quarterback. I mean, he's the most important piece of the team, yes, but like I said there's there's 11 guys on the field, you know, there's two sides of the ball. The, the, that's the other thing too is the defense is is terrible. Like you mentioned Thibodeau and and some of the other guys, the Giants don't have a turnover yet this season. They they have that's not a, wild a turnover. That's a wild that's set. How, how do you call yourself a defense? What is the defensive coordinator doing? Where where's Wink in his system? I mean, he he's also just MIA. Him and the the defense in general. It's not just Thibodeau, but they don't have a single turnover yet, and that that's to a me wild is it's mind boggling. It, it it really is, you know. And to your point earlier, it's probably not going to get any better. It's a scary thought thinking that they're going to go into a hostile. Miami environment this weekend where Miami is coming off a nice swift ass kicking that they got from the bills. So like you said, you bet your ass that they're going to be ready and they might put up 80 on the giants this weekend. It, it could be a really scary thought, but we'll see, like you said, any given Sunday. So anything can happen. Yep. Season's young. Yeah. We could, we could talk about some other games. I mean, there was a lot, a lot of blowouts last week. I don't know if you were, you were aware of that. I mean, just, yep. just looking at last week's schedule while it's coming up. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games that were ten, uh, 10 points or more. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. I don't know if they're just not ready from from uh, training camp. If they the stars don't play in preseason, I mean, everybody's been talked about it. But look at look at having Aaron Rodgers. I mean, four plays into the season, he tears his Achilles. So. It's like, does the lack of training camp, the lack of preseason games, you go to zero to 100 real quick. I mean, all these injuries, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Diggs from the Cowboys, torn ACL. A lot of these are non-contact injuries. So it's thinking maybe they're going to second guess it and actually play their stars more than just a half or a quarter for the preseason. So, yeah, it's just very, very mind-boggling the whole NFL I mean, you got your stud teams out there, Eagles, like we mentioned last week, and the 49ers, like we mentioned last week. Also mentioned the Dolphins. They got shellacked, but 
it's hard to beat Buffalo in Buffalo, even though it wasn't a cold game. It's still hard to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Yeah, I know Buffalo. Buffalo was out there. I don't know if you noticed, but when Josh Allen scored that touchdown, he did the the chin emoji. You know, he was he did the chin emoji. So I, I think that there was there was some stuff going on because the some of the, the Miami Dolphins players were wearing that shirt, the chin emoji. So yeah, there was some extra extra um for Josh Allen, and it's just crazy stuff. And and, and the the hugest surprise for me so far, I don't know about you, Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, look at them, twenty seven to three to the Titans. I mean, get the heck out of here. I, I don't get it. That was on my get list, too. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because... it's just ridiculous. I mean, it could go to what I just said. Joe Burrow had that calf injury. He didn't play much in the preseason. So he went balls to the wall, 0-100 to 100 week one. You saw that he was iffy. And three points from the Bengals. The last yeah. two years, they went to the Super Bowl, and then they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? And with that offense, Jamar Chase, it's – um. It's very interesting. So I, I don't know what the fix is in Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, that's the question I wanted to make too. Yeah. Like I said with the Giants, you know, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of people are putting Burrow out to be the the scapegoat, and they're they're using the the injury as a crutch. And it certainly has, you know, I'm sure something to do with it. Maybe a lot to do with it. But like you said, you're staring at 27 to three to the Titans. I mean, yes, that's that's not close. And if, if it was only burrow and you know, your defense is going to keep you in some games and at least keep things competitive, but the Bengals have been a lot like the giants so far. They, they haven't even been competitive. They look night and day com- compared to where they were a year or two ago. So I think something else is going on with that team too, beyond just burrow and whatever injury he might be dealing with. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And then another surprise, I would say, probably the biggest surprise other than the Bengals would be Houston Texans. I mean, look at them. Yeah. You know, they, they killed the Steelers. C.J. Stroud, 300-yard games. He, he's he's killing it. And they're young coach, and defense is killing it. Tank Bell, he's killing it. They, they have a just a really good team. I, I think that they're going to be doing good this year. They, they have the Jaguars number. They beat them a couple weeks ago in Jacksonville. And then, to be honest with you, I'm going to pick and pick them every week. I picked the Steelers. I was like, there's no way that they're going to beat the Steelers because the Steelers are the Steelers. You know, they're, they're, they're yeah. the Steelers are the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, to beat them 30 to 6, Stroud throws for 306 yards. Like I said, I think he's thrown 300, 300 yards in every game this year. So, yep. yeah. I look at them as a big surprise. They are so, a surprise for me, too. I, yeah. I wasn't very high on the, the Texans coming into this year. Just the wild cards are – always tricky to figure out. You never know if, if the rookie's going to light it up like he has been. Stroud's just tearing it up. He, he looks like he's settled in nicely, but at the same time, you, you know, there's an adjustment period. So I wasn't sure what to make of them, but it's hard not to look at what he's doing so far and, and be impressed. One of the, the stats I saw was that he's one of six QBs, I think, to start a season averaging 300 yards and no interceptions. Uh, yeah, he's the done interceptions. That he yeah. was with was as amazing as it gets. It was, it was the Brady's, the Mannings, the Rogers, the Mahomes, the Breeze of the world. And um, you know, it's easy to throw out some stats, especially at the beginning of someone's career, and and, and hype them up. But like you said, he, he looks like he's settled in pretty nicely. So the the Texans could have something brewing there if they surround him with you know talent on both sides of the ball, get some weapons around him. They they could uh, definitely make some noise. And, and even in this season, you know, I, I'm thinking more in the future, but that division 
is still kind of wide open. If you ask me, I think the early consensus was that the Jags were probably going to run away with it. Maybe the Colts kind of give them a run for their money, depending on, you know, Richardson and if Taylor was playing, but I don't think people expected a lot out of the Texans and the Titans, but all in all, that division is, I think, the wild, wild west right now, and it's it's up for grabs. Oh, for sure. And and to mention off what you were saying, the Texans, I mean, this year, yes, in general, but next year, they also got Will Anderson on the other side of the ball. He was a top five pick. Yeah. So they got some young studs. They they got a good coach. So they're 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 primed for success. And yeah. the Jaguars are the Jaguars. As you know, I live up here in Northeast Florida, so Jaguars always find a way to to uh, piss people off around here. Yeah, they 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 play their balls out and then they lose. You know, they they beat Atlanta, but Atlanta Jags are going to Jags, man. Jags are the Jags. They got Buffalo. They're in London again next week. They're playing Buffalo, so we'll really see what's happening with Buffalo as as we just saw against Dolphins. It's going to be a real uh, real challenge for them. Yeah. So, you know, go back to the Texans. I um, I'm pulling for them to be honest with you. Oh, me too. I don't me have too. any kind of special allegiance to them, anything like that. But just thinking of their their fan base as a whole, they they've had it rough. People that have been with them, you know, any kind of season tickets holders holders they have. I'm sure people have have been with them since the beginning, and they're just one of those franchises who, you know, they've had, you know, the the JJ Watts of the world and and guys like that. It, People thought we were going to make a difference, but they just they haven't been able to to sustain too much. So you know, if, if Stroud is the difference maker for them and they're able to put something together, um, I'd be happy with them because I think they they deserve it. Yeah, and uh, Stroud came from Ohio State, so they always put out some good quarterbacks, some good players. So yeah, I think that goes awful with my it goes with my preseason pick, not my preseason pick, but preseason analogy coming from a, a top tier college. They, they play some studs in college, so he's he's always ready to rock and roll. And I think just getting thrown into it and getting he, – he played a lot in preseason, and he's ready to rock and roll, so it's already showing. And yeah, and one other game I wanted to mention was the Broncos-Bears game. I don't know if you caught that one, but 28-7, to and Bears are, are playing their asses off. They pull Kermit, my Notre Dame boy. He's looking good. Justin Fields is looking good. And then all of a sudden here comes the Broncos, and they tie it up and – and lose. I mean, a lot of nobody knows what's going on with the Bears. Uh, I saw earlier this week they were saying Sunday after the game and, and yesterday, if the season was to end now, obviously it wouldn't. They would hold the top two picks in the draft because they they traded yeah. with Carolina and they have their own. So yeah, maybe there's some you know tanking per se. I wouldn't you know tanking per se. Who, who knows? Yeah. But right now one and two. I mean, you can really build your team. I mean, yeah. Justin Fields is still young. But would they really want to go after Caleb Williams? Or it's just very interesting. They're saying Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a, is a really good receiver out of Ohio State. So could you imagine? I mean, that's yeah, that'd be wild. That they, be wild. they'd be cooking with fire there if they if they did land them. You know, I I don't. You and I have talked about this before, probably off air. I have a very very hard time. Call me naive if you want, but I have a hard time believing that any professional franchise in any of the the major sports in this country, maybe even abroad, I don't know, but I have a hard time believing that teams will tank on purpose. It's just, it's too hard for me to wrap my head around. I've never obviously been a a pro athlete myself, but uh, you know, I I'm a competitive beer league player in a lot of sports, grew up playing sports. And 
even just in me as an average Joe fan slash athlete, I know I personally have way too much pride where I would leave it all out on the line and try to win every single game. I have too much pride. I have too much integrity. And maybe that's just me. And maybe that's me being naive. I just could never wrap my head around the concept of players purposely tanking. I, I know I would would never do it if I was was asked to or anything like that. I just I couldn't see myself doing it. Um, but you know, I, I'm not everybody. And and to your point, maybe there is something else going on there. It, it, to me, the other thing too, why it's so hard, I think, for me to to get around that idea is because it's so early. I mean, yes, I look at oh, for sure. my team like the Giants and you dig a, a big hole and it seems insurmountable even this early, but it is so early that anything can happen. So why would teams be throwing in the towel, even as abysmal as it looks as a bears fan, as a giants fan? Um, I don't know, but you know, to each their own. I just, I just don't know if that kind of stuff is going on. I couldn't do it if it was me. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I definitely couldn't do it either. I have more integrity, more pride, pretty much all the adjectives you just said. But sometimes out of their control. A lot of times it comes from the top. I mean, owners, yeah. general managers. If if you don't want to go with the plan, then sit your ass on the bench, as they would say. So yeah, a lot of times it's out of their control. But I, I agree with you 100%. I would never tank. But yeah, you got to think in the future. You know, business, sports is a business. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. And you know, to put yourselves in the in the shoes of yeah. an athlete, if you know contracts in the NFL aren't guaranteed. I mean, yeah, the guys get ton of money up front nowadays, but no, that's based only a portion of it. Yeah. And if, if you had an owner or a coach or somebody that, you know, God forbid was telling them that, Hey, you know, we're not going all out this year. We're not risking injuries. We're building for the future. So, you know, only give 70% or whatever. If we lose, we lose no big deal. You know, and if on the other side of that players don't fall in line and, and comply, then like you said, they put them on the bench or they cut them. That, that that's a threat that would, probably scare a lot of players, especially the young players. You know, that, that, that is something I acknowledge that there's, there's a lot of manipulation that goes on that we don't see behind closed doors. So um, I, I try not to be naive to that. I know, I know all that stuff does go on. It's just in me personally, I, I don't think I could do it, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the bears game was a mess. I, uh, you and I, we're, we're in the same fantasy football league. I, happened to sit both fields and commit this week because they've just yep. not been I good at that. all. And when I saw them going off the way they were, I, I had to just shake my head and I, I stopped following that game for a little while because it was just making me upset. And when I finally tuned in at the end and saw that the bears coughed up that lead, it was just, it was shocking. And I, you know, I, I listened to Rome and some other guys and he said something today that, as a Giants fan, I completely agree with him too. He said, if it wasn't for the Bears, the Giants would be the absolute worst laughing stock of the league. All the attention would be on the Giants. Yep. And he's 100% right. I mean, 100%. because the Bears have been just a little bit worse, just a little bit more embarrassing. I mean, when I, I couldn't believe what Fields said, the way he said it when he called out about his coaches. Like yeah. Yeah, That's, I mean, you don't good do that. for him. You know, he he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. You know, I I, I really give him a lot of kudos. If, if coaching is the issue and he doesn't feel he's being utilized the way he's being utilized, then call it out. I mean, have those uncomfortable conversations and wear your emotions on your sleeve. That That's what I would do. And 
maybe it worked. I mean, they didn't win the game, but they he turned it around. Awesome. His stat line was a lot better, so maybe that kind of attitude worked. Yeah, exactly. He played his ass off. He was one stat. He only had about three incompletions through the third quarter, so he was yeah. he was playing his ass off. And maybe it worked. Maybe maybe sometimes you got to do it. I, I'm on the other side. I, I don't think you should ever call it anybody on your team. I think you should keep that all private. So yeah. maybe you have an issue with the coaches, but don't call it all private. That that's just what my how I've always yeah. thought about professional sports is just keep it private. That's fair. You know, I I could see that too. I mean. You don't want to be the guy who causes a distraction, right? You know, you don't need yep. to give the media any more ammunition. You don't need to be in the headlines for the wrong reason. So I, I see your point. I, I definitely think there's something to that. I, I, if it was me, I wouldn't want to be that either. I, I do. I, I give them props because I think nowadays there's there's that fear. You know, there's there's guys who just don't have it in them to say what needs to be said. So that's why I ultimately respect them. But yeah, to your point. There is something to be said about, you know, handle your biz behind closed doors. Like you said, yeah. in the locker room, as men, as professionals, take care of it behind closed doors and then, you know, put it into action on the field. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, like I give them a lot of credit too, but again, just do it behind closed doors. Don't, yeah. why would you cause a scene? There's no need to cause a scene. Yeah. Why, why do the same thing? Do it behind closed doors and, and let your playing do the talking, not your talking do the playing. Yeah. So. Yep. There's Very much a, so. Whole bunch more NFL we could probably spend time talking about. We can always circle back to it. You want to switch gears? There's a bunch of college that obviously took place this past weekend. We're four or five games into the season now, so things are starting yeah, to kind of take shape. Yeah, I mean, I know you probably spent a lot of time watching. I'm sure you watched the Irish. What what stood out to you most from uh, the college landscape this weekend? So obviously my Irish, as everybody knows from last week, I had my Irish hat on. I'm still always going to support my Irish, but Love it. we went on the road again. We were we were playing Duke. It was a college game day game, so you know the the fans and the, and the crowd was piped up. We had the the game in control the whole time, and our defense again got tired, like against Ohio State. So we were up thirteen nothing, and and they came back and, and took a lead fourteen thirteen. So we we got the ball back. And and Sam Hartman, who I mentioned last week, was one of our transfers. He pretty much just put the game on his back. And what I mean by that, there was some huge plays. There was a third and 16. He threw it to Mitchell Swartz right over the middle to get a first down. And I don't know if you saw this one, but the, the fourth and 16 was huge. Nothing was going on. And my man decided to, to take it on his own, ran it for 16, 17 yards, lowered his shoulder, got that first down, kept the game going. And... Next play, we gave it to my boy, Audric Estime, right up the middle, scored a touchdown, and then hit a two-point conversion to Rico Flores. We're up 21-14, and our defense got that extra oomph that they needed, stopped them, won the game. So it's uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier after that. We, we got Louisville this weekend in Louisville. They're another undefeated team. And and, and as last week, as I said, we just, we're going to continue to come out there. Our defense is just playing. Oof awful awesome and we're just running out of gas so we got to find that extra extra energy to keep it going but i'm very happy with the team very happy with that but the irish came to show like i told you last week and, and they're just going to keep doing we're just we got louisville this week they're nothing to nothing to uh, laugh about like i said they're five and oh it's also going to be a night game and it's also going to be on the road in louisville so we yeah. just got to keep the momentum going what we got from ohio state what we got from duke just got to keep the eyes on the prize I mentioned the other week that my friend John was saying that no team should finish undefeated. So 
we got that one loss, but it's a quality loss against Ohio State. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really always something I found interesting. Like, it, it's looked at as by some people a, a big, you know, a black mark when it comes down to the playoffs and, and seeding rankings. That's the first thing, you know, that's looked at because oftentimes there's one, two, there's a few teams that are usually undefeated so that that one loss just sticks out but given who it's against and how close the game was exactly to me it's just it's it's not even really worth mentioning i mean yes it's an l it's going to go down as an l in the record books and history but when it comes to the end of the season i guess the one thing i wanted to ask is right now i'm I'm looking at the ap poll looks like irish are are ranked number 10 and i think that's because this this season, this year so far, it does seem to be pretty wide open. And and me not following it normally as closely as, as someone like yourself, I it's been more interesting and entertaining this year to see all the parody. So I'm a little more engaged because there's a lot of juggling kind of week to week. But do you think there's any chance? I mean, let's just say argument's sake, you run the table and you end up with that one L is there any chance the Irish are not in the the postseason? I mean, do they not make the playoffs? Is there any chance of that? So, going off what you said, uh, it depends on what goes on. We we have some people in front of us looking at the AP. You see the teams in front of us this week: Oklahoma, Texas. So that's going to really help it out. And Florida State. I got a bunch of Florida State buddies. They're probably going to either love or hate my statement here. Florida State hasn't shown up in a while in, in the big game. They they beat LSU, obviously, uh, first week. They beat Clemson barely last week. And their schedule is looking good until Miami. So I'm, I'm a closet FSU fan. Half of the reason is because they always beat the Gators, and, and I'm a huge Gator hater, but that's for another episode. And it's just, it's just good. So I think this week, like I said, I'm looking at the rankings as well. I, I believe that – you know, with the rankings, Oklahoma is going to play Texas. Texas is back. I think Texas handles Oklahoma easily. We have USC. We also have Clemson. We have Louisville this week. Georgia is not Georgia. They lost. They won back-to-back championships. They've lost so much from their team. And their quarterback, Carson Beck, he's a Jacksonville boy. He went to Mandarin High School. He is not Stetson Bennett. So they could probably fluster. Michigan, they play Ohio State at the end of the year. So there's a loss right there if they're both undefeated. And uh, Penn State, I mean, Penn State's looking good, but they looked rocky last week. They they covered because they had a last-minute last touchdown. So to answer your question, I know long story short to answer your question, if we take care of business, which I think we will, because if USC stays undefeated, that'll be a top-five win, we have a good chance to go to the playoffs just with our – Sam Hartman with our defense, with our offense, with our running game, with our offensive line, our defensive line. I think if everything plays out, we should be on the doorstep. And and I don't know if you know this, but this is the last year of the 14 playoff. Next year we go to a 12-team playoff. So it won't be as crucial if you have more than one loss or one loss. But that's just what I think. I think – I know I mentioned it a couple times already, but – my boy John was just saying that no one, there are people who are going to kill each other at the top. So there's going to be teams with one loss, multiple teams with one loss. So mm-hmm. LSU losing on Saturday helped us out because they're a tough team, and that one loss against Florida State looks better and better. But I, uh, I, 
I'd love for it to be a Florida State Notre Dame playoff. That'd be really cool. But we got to cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. What yeah, are your that thoughts? makes sense. That makes sense. I um, the one thing I was thinking about too, and just random off the wall, but I'm I'm staring at at Michigan number two, who probably would be number one I, I, if it wasn't for Georgia's sort of pedigree the last couple of years and the success they've had. Because I think folks that I've listened to talk to are unimpressed with Georgia so far. Exactly. Um, don't know if they've got that, you know, quote unquote, Super Bowl hangover kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's the old adage, right? I mean, to, to beat the be the best, you got to beat the best. So I, I'll reserve judgment until later on in the year. But like I said, I'm staring at Michigan number 12 and the one uh, number two, rather. And the one thing that comes to my mind is Harbaugh has been at the helm there for quite a while. And his team seems like they're they're always in contention. So I think that's probably the reason why he's lasted as long as he has. But just from an outside perspective, I'm curious what you think. Like, is he on the hot seat already or will he be at – the end of the year if his team doesn't win win at all this year because it seems like they're always around but it's it's kind of like that scenario always a bridesmaid never a bride i feel like yeah it's been that song and dance for well over a decade now and i just don't know how much longer he stays with that program if they can't get over the hump so i i believe he he's going to stay as long as he wants and the reason why i say that is michigan michigan fans ohio state fans the main game on their uh, on their season, they could be 0-10 versus 0-10. If you beat Ohio State, you're good to go. And he beat Ohio State the last two years. The first couple of years he was there, he was defeated against Ohio State. And he's made the playoffs the last two years, so that's, that's huge. I get what you're saying, that he's on the hot seat. I mean, he can pretty much cash his own check, as uh, what I think. I think he can easily go back to the NFL if he wanted to. I think that if he wants to stay at Michigan, he's a Michigan alumni, so I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think that he's suited better for the college ball just because NFL is a lot different than college, as everybody knows. So yeah. I, I think that he can cash his own ticket, stay as long as he wants, because that those Ohio State wins, that's that's going to go a long way with Michigan. I mean, I, I hate Michigan in general just because that's a huge rivalry with Notre Dame. So yeah, I'd like him to go, and I'd like him to go away for a while, but that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, that's kind of what I figured. I wanted your perspective on it. You know, I think – like you said, those games are so important, those rivalry games. So it, it's almost yeah. like the Super Bowl. It's the next best thing than winning the actual college championship. So you win one of those, and it gives you some leeway probably with, you know, the the program directors there, you know, the, oh, certain sure. the fans, and he can kind of write his own ticket. Yeah, and um, going back to your original question about the, the Irish being in the playoffs, I mean, if you look at this top 10, 7, 8, 9, they're all out of the Pac-12. So they're going to be playing each other eventually. So there's – some losses and then we got usc again not to repeat myself but and also if you look at 13 you got washington state 15 oregon state those are the top 15 you have one you have five teams from the pac-12 so they're going to be going against each other so there you go that's they're going to beat each other up yeah and like i said ohio state plays michigan ohio state and michigan also play penn state so look at there's that there's that top 10 right there georgia plays florida in jacksonville which is always just a rivalry game Georgia's taken care of them a couple times here the last four or five years, but that's still a rivalry game. And Texas, like I said, they play Oaks, so that's at a neutral site. So that's 
that's a huge rivalry game that can go anyway. So that's looking good for, for my Irish. The only hassle, the only hiccup that I could see Florida State, they, the hardest game they have left, that I, I would say would be Miami, but it is at home. So Miami should, I mean, Florida State should, should punch their own ticket as long as they have no hiccups. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, very much so. It's a, it's, it's a very fun year. And I hope you're enjoying watching it more since I kind of didn't really call you out last week, but said we're going to give you baby steps. So we're, we're just wanting you to uh, get in the college game. I, I love it. I think uh, yeah. if I had to I choose between college football the... and NFL, yeah, I'd watch, NFL. Yeah. I'd watch college football all day long. I, I can see the draw. I can see the appeal, certainly. And and I'm, you know, not for everybody. You know, that's what makes the world go around. But I, I, I'm coming around to it. I can I can see the appeal. I'm starting to get invested. Like I said, this this season more than um, most in, in, in recent memory seems to be more wide open. So it's, I think, making for some interesting headlines early on. And before we uh, take a, a break here and, and transition between segments, I do want to say, get your thoughts on it's it's getting played out but but maybe before it completely fizzles i want to bring up mr prime one more time i mean is is all the hoopla over now i mean now that they've kind of gotten you know i I would say spanked i know this this last week was a, a, a little bit closer i did watch some of that game but it looked like they were out of it for, for most of the game. Um, and then they started the forge a comeback, which, Hey, to their credit, they, they didn't give up something to be said about that, but it just certainly looks like the last couple of weeks, they've started to play some real competition. Um, you know, and I, I think we're finally seeing the, the, the real buffs, at least from, from my naked eye, the outside opinion. So curious what you think. I mean, is this kind of what you expected to happen eventually once their schedule got a little bit tougher and I mean do you think they're gonna continue to be a story the rest of the season and, and we'll get better next year or how do you see them so going off of our our first episode we talked a lot about coach prime just because there was a big hoopla and again Travis Hunter he'll be back in a couple weeks so I did expect this I mean 95 players through the transfer portal so yes they were going to get a wake-up call and they played two stud teams Oregon and USC those are Really good teams, but I will give them some credit. They were down huge, as you mentioned, came back and only lost by seven. So they still have a really, really good team. They got some obvious problems, similar to the Giants. They have a really bad offensive line. They have a really bad defense, similar to the Giants as well. But I don't think they're going to go away, per se, just because Coach Prime is Coach Prime. And their son, uh, his son, Shadu Sanders, he is going to be in the Heisman mix because he's putting up numbers left and right. So they're still playing the Pac-12 schedule, but it's not going to have these two studs back-to-back. So you should see them come back. to They came back to earth. They should probably stay where they're at now. They'll probably win some more games. And also, like I said last week, they're definitely going to be bowl eligible. All you got to win is six games. So they're definitely going to be going to a bowl, which is, is really huge after only winning one game last year. But I, I do think it's going to cool down a little bit. But once they start winning again, which they will, They'll probably lose. They'll probably lose two, one or two more games, and it just experience. It all comes down to experience. They, he's an experienced coach, first year, and all those transfers, and and it's just going to come. and And my boy Shohei Atani, aka Travis Hunter, like I mentioned last week, he'll be coming back. and And like I said, he's a two way stud. So, yeah, it'll it'll be good to stuff. and And the good thing is that they had some guys that stepped up. They had a really good freshman cornerback that that stepped up and. 
and everybody's been talking good about him. So they they still got some studs. It's just like I said, it's a wake up call, and and they needed it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So take a quick timeout. We got a my favorite segment coming up when we return. We'll we'll talk a little bit of MLB baseball. Of course, we got a couple games going on tonight. We can talk about them live as they're happening. But we'll be back with uh, our favorite segment of the day in just a moment. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> whether or not the back roads are fogged up and whether or not we can't get to the bar. We can park this old shitty on the side of the road. Start a party underneath the stars. It's always beer drinking weather out here. We get it pouring like a storm out here. Now there ain't nothing better with it. drinking weather out here my man one of my favorite segments of the show we i'd say my favorite that's what i would say we are bringing it back beers of bros Mm -hmm. time beers of bros with the broskies yep so anybody that's tuning in for the first time we we started this on our first episode last week but each week we are going to hand pick a different beer that we are going to drink and perform a live taste taste test here on air. We're going to give it our our rating, let you know if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We can go over our reviews that we did last week. But first, let's get into some taste tests. Dan, what do you got for me today? I'm anxious to see it. All right. So uh, last week we did a little, uh, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows that. My boy Stone Cold. Like so about my, we had the same one last week. Same beer, but it's uh, not the same beer. It's actually a American lager, as you can see. Broken Skull American lager, still from El Segundo. It is uh, 4.8 alcohol volume. And um, this year, this this week, I started something different. Uh, a little call up from my boy Chris Dolan. He said we should probably put it in a glass. That way you can see the complexity, you can see the color. So I'm just going to go ahead and hey, pour it. Listen to feedback. We, we listen to the people, right? We, we take suggestions. So. As you can see, it's got a nice little color so far. Nobody wants to take notes how to pour a beer. That's how you do it. Legendary style. 45 degree angle, right? 45 degree angle. So as you can see, it's got a nice little color. Nice little American lager. I know it's going in and out, but we're gonna 
Oh, the smell's got a very good smell. We'll give it a good little. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice lager. I know last week I kind of amplified my ratings at 8.3, and that was because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, I'll keep it in the eights. I mean, it's probably going to go down from here. The only reason why I say that is it's also a very delicious beer, and it's also still Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who doesn't love that guy? So it's a very delicious beer. I'd highly recommend both. I'd highly recommend both. An IPA last week and American Lager this week. I would highly recommend them. So I'm curious, what, what, how would you describe it? I mean, you said it's pretty crisp. It's, it, it's, it's not hot. It's very right? crisp. So a lot of people think of lager as like a yingling. So it's not as dark as a yingling. You can see the color. It's kind of got the same kind of color as a, um, as a Miller Lite. So it's not that, not that bad. And it's really crisp, it's smooth. It's got a good flavor. It's got a good smell. And I enjoy it. I like it. So I think I'll pass it on to you, my man. Well, what, you, got, you got to give me the rating, though. You got to give me the oh, rating. I did. I said eight. I said eight. Oh, you said eight, eight solid, eight even? Eight. Yeah, I'm going to keep it in the eight with Stone Cold Steve Austin just okay. because that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. I mean, I, I, got like a lot of, I got a lot of shit from that rating from a lot of my friends. Uh, <laughs> Chris Dolan in general, he said, why the heck would you give it 8.3? But Stone Cold hey. Steve Austin, man. Hey. He's a Dwayne Johnson. He's a rock <laughs> man. If, we, if, if he was drinking the Rocks tequila, he would be like, oh, yeah, that's a 10.10 out of 10. And so – we all have our own our own palettes, you know. I mean, you you want to go eight five, you go eight five. And with this one, you go eight. So you know, it's, uh-huh. it's it's your rating, it's your scale, man. So I, I went low with mine last week. Uh, I had the Italian beer. It was it was not the worst thing I've tasted, um, but it, it wasn't it wasn't the best. It, it wasn't a repeat beer for me. So I wanted to to to, to be honest, and and I want to go up from here. So I uh, I don't got music for mine today, but I'm I'm excited to show you and i'm excited i don't know if i'm excited to show you my glass i probably shouldn't be i don't know if you've seen this <laughs> but hey that's you know, okay it's okay i got a nice glass to pour it in here and um i i went with a theme because of uh you know where we are we're we're, we're seasonal and i had to go with an Oktoberfest. oktoberfest exactly it was yeah. kind of a homer pick being up from that area i'm very familiar with blue point and like oh I said, it was it was a homer pick because of the the season. It's an Oktoberfest, so um, everybody you know probably is familiar with where Blue Point is. Like you said, they're up on on Long Island. Um, I've been around those parts quite a bit. This so one a little bit stronger. It's it's five point seven percent. So I'm I'm interested to to try it. I'm just gonna crack it open and I'll I'll do the I'm like a dark color. If I had to guess, I'm expecting a nice dark color. Probably that's kind of what I'm expecting. So we'll go 45 degrees here. There you go. Get a nice little head on that, brother. All right. Uh, I remember see. my first time corn of beer. <laughs> <laughs> let's let it sit. Let's let it sit. <laughs> so it's definitely dark. You were right. That's what it I looks mean, like, yeah. It's definitely got some amber color here. Mm-hmm. It's probably more along the lines of the Yingling, like you said. Yep. It's about what I was expecting. I mean, in terms of color, but let me take a, a sip here and see how it goes down. It's good. Yeah, that was it's crisp. Good. It's it's refreshing. 
it's definitely an Oktoberfest, that's for sure. I mean, it's got that that distinct flavor to it, and it's it's pretty smooth. Let me try it again here. It's good. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, cool. I'm trying to think. What kind of notes mean, does it have? What kind of notes does it have? It's. I'm trying to think the best way to describe it. I wouldn't call it floral, um, but there, there, there are some undertones, some notes there. Um, it's not, it's not overly sweet. It's not really a fruity beer. Um, it's, it's, it's crisp. I mean, it's, it's your. I hate. I don't want to call it run of the mill Oktoberfest to make it sound bland, but it's exactly what you would think when you you know are picturing an Oktoberfest. So let me For go sure. one more, and then I'll give it a rating here. Yeah, yeah. Hefty little drink. I like it. It's that's good. That's good. I mean, I would I would get this one again. Um, it's is it a game day beer? It could be. You know, we're in the month of October, so I, I would get it again. It might not be a year-round beer, but it, it's definitely a repeat for me. Definitely better than the one I had last week. This one, going to be a little bit more generous, um, but I'm not going to get crazy. I'm going to go 7-3. 7-3. Okay, I'll take seven, it. Three. Yeah, that seven, sounds three. right. It's, I'm going to try it out. Good. I'll look for it. It's, I will it's look significantly for it. better than uh, – than the one last week. So yeah, you weren't a fan of that bad boy. <laughs> I wasn't. It wasn't uh it wasn't anything special. Um that Italian. But yeah. Well, cheers. Very cool. Yeah, cheers, cheers brother. Yeah. Love it. Good job. All right. Once we um get a couple more under our belt, we'll recap the ratings and uh put them on the screen for everybody. So we'll have a tally of of what we liked, what we didn't like. That's uh, the whole point of this is to give people an idea of, of what else is out there, you know, and, and we can keep this segment going for God oh, knows how a, long. It's, oh, it's going to be going the whole time. As long as we're on air, it's going to be going. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say we switch right gears and talk some MLB. Obviously, uh, playoffs started today. There's a, a couple live games going on. Um, we know what happened with uh, the Rays earlier today and wasn't the result that we wanted you got the hat i know you're supporting them of course i am too you want to uh talk about predictions here i think we we got a little wager going on in terms of uh the brackets and who we think is going to go all the way so what do you uh what do you think and, and how do you see the the series playing out oh yeah so before we start i wanted to give some interesting facts that i read about the playoffs this year let's hear it so the Orioles are the first team to win 100 games after losing 110 plus games the previous year, uh, the wow. previous two years. So that that's pretty impressive. Also, another stat that I, I found: this is the first year that they have three teams that won that lost 100 games: the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, and the Rangers uh, two years ago to make the playoffs. So that's very interesting. Another thing: the uh, Twins. This was their first postseason win in 18 years. Or 18 games, first one since 2004, game one against the Yankees. And the starting pitcher of that actually was Johan Santana. So that was a pretty cool stat that I saw. My yep, boy. Very cool stat, yes. And a very cool stat about the Rangers and Rays. Uh, two brothers are playing against each other, Nathaniel Lowe and Josh Lowe. So that's pretty cool. And 
but yeah, that, there's some pretty cool stats going on. And this is a, a really cool stat too. The top three payrolls in baseball did not make the playoffs. The Mets, Yankees, and Padres. So that was an interesting stat to hear. Very interesting yeah. stat. It hurts both of us, as we know, but uh, yep. very, very interesting stat. But but going off of the brackets, we're, we were thinking about maybe putting maybe a case of beer or doing some beer on the on the winner of the bracket. We're gonna we're gonna do postseason brackets, and then we're gonna do our predictions for the awards. But I will start with the brackets. You want to go round by round, or you want to go all the way through? What are you thinking? Let's go round by round. I say we alternate. Okay. So we'll go, what, second round next show? Second round. Or you want to go, go all the way through? We go all the way through. I'm, I'm not stopping. Okay. I already know all who right, I'm going to all the way through. Yeah. We'll alternate yep, so. round by round, you know? All right. So I'm going to go this round. Let's go on the wild card round. I think the Rays are going to come back and win tomorrow. And I think they're going to win on the road in Texas, win that series. Blue Jays and Twins. Twins are, are a team of uh, they got a team of passion. They got a good team. This kid Royce Lewis today, who hit two home runs, he's only the third player ever to hit two home runs in his first two at bats of the postseason. Evan Longoria and Gary Gaetti. So I think the Twins are really a good team this year. They got the fate behind them. They got Johan Duran. There was 104, 105 miles per hour. So I'm going to go with the Twins in that one. I'm going to go with uh, a bunch of fans. Uh, a huge fan of the show, Chris Dolan. I've mentioned him before. He, he, he gave me an interesting stat earlier today. He said the last two times the Marlins won the World Cup, uh, the wild card, 97 and 2003. And 97, they went on and beat the Indians. 2003, they went on and beat uh, a team out of New York that we're not going to mention. And, you know, I think everybody knows who it is, but Chris Dolan will tell me all about that. But that, that's here nor there. They also won the wild card in the COVID year, but that was nothing because that's the COVID year. They played 60 games. But out of uh, – out of respect for my boy Chris, I'm going to go with the Marlins in that one, and I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. So that's my uh, wild card. What about you? I like it. I like it. So wild card round. Uh, before we we had the games today and had the benefit of seeing what happened, I I did predict Rays over Rangers. A um, little bit of a homer pick, but you know I I, I do believe in the Rays. Um, I was surprised the the pitching matchup didn't go. The way I um, thought it would, but um, I, I do think they can come back. Um, I think Twins will probably go get the nod over the Blue Jays. To me, that's that's a tough one to call, but um, you know, I, I did have them even again before we saw had the benefit of the doubt of seeing um, them win earlier. So I, I had them. I do think it's going to be the Phillies over the Marlins, despite <laughs> the stats you just you threw out. I, I did know some of that. I. Remember. Oh, and the love of the Dolanator? And the love of the Dolanator? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I'll be pulling for him. Chris is a great guy. We, we hope to have him join us on the yeah. show at some point as a guest. So I'll be pulling for him. I, I do remember 97 and 03 um, pretty well, actually. Um, but yeah, the, the Phillies, they, they've got some bats in, in their lineup. I um, I think they do. they're they do. They're, they've been hanging around the last couple of years. Um, I, I think it might be their turn. Um, and then, you know, I, I do think the Brewers will take it over the D-backs. Um, again, you know, just the game's in progress and it's been kind of going back and forth. I saw they had an early lead and D-backs have overtaken them. That's probably going to be a, a neck-and-neck series, but I had uh, the, the Brewers over the D-backs. So we got a couple different ones there, you and I. So we do, we do. It'll, it'll we be do. interesting. So moving so. right along, moving right along. I'm going to move. I'm going to start in the American League. 
I got Houston over the Twins. I think Houston's going to win probably in five or six, but probably five. And I got the Rays against the Orioles. That's going to go seven games. I I want to say the Tampa Bay Rays, just by going back to my my stat from last week, young team for the Orioles. I love them. I love the Orioles. I love what they're doing. But the Rays just have too much experience, I think. I, I think that their pitching staff will come out to play when it comes. And I, I believe it goes seven. And I think the Rays take it in seven. And then going over to the uh, Dodgers against the Diamondbacks, Half of me wants to pick the Diamondbacks, and then half of me wants to be a reality baseball fan. Dodgers are, are no team to mess with. Their lineup is just, as we talked about last week, you know, you were saying Mookie Betts as an MVP candidate. I mean, the, the good thing about the Diamondbacks is another stat that I wanted to mention. Uh, Corbin Carroll, he's the first rookie since 1900 to have 25 home runs and 50 stolen bases. And that that's a pretty, pretty impressive stat. But I would say the, Diamond, the uh, Dodgers over the Diamondbacks in six games, and my Marlins against the Braves. You know, I'm going to keep the Dolanator power going. I'm going to keep it rocking. I'm going to go Marlins in seven. And the reason why I say that is they got a young team. The Braves are going to overlook the Marlins. I just saw the Marlins uh, two weeks ago. They actually played the Braves. And Mar the Braves weren't really playing for anything, but the Marlins were playing for a wild card. Uh, I got a little heat from, from Chris about not mentioning the wild card race, but you know, they were playing their balls off all year, last two weeks. Even besides that they had a little mess up with their organization, not having a hat ready for me, but that's here nor there. Anyways, they uh, that's that's another story. But I'm going to go with the Marlins in seven, and, uh, and and I might lose a lot of points on that one, but I got to keep the uh, got to keep the fans happy, as they would say. And he's a number one fan so far. <laughs> I like it. Yep, you got to keep keep him happy, keep Chris happy. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little surprised you took them, but maybe I shouldn't be when you when you hear mine. Um, I I got the Astros over the Twins as well. Um, probably five or six games where we're in lockstep there. Um, you took the Rays over the Orioles. Yep. I think this is also probably yeah. I took them seven. seven. The two teams just looking at the race at the end of the year fighting. For the division was um was exciting to me it was exciting to watch um i was anxious and very exciting, hoping very exciting. Rays, yeah I, I was hoping the rays would pull it out because i i think um the home field advantage does does matter um and and the buy that they, that they would have but um they're getting to the round either way i just don't think they have what it takes so i'm picking the orioles in seven over the rays and okay. then in the NL, I am going. I don't know if you call it the opposite of you, but I'm also picking the upset, just the way you think the Marlins are going to get the best of the Braves. The Braves overlook them. I think it's going to be the Phillies that get the best of the Braves for oh. a lot of the same reasons. I, I think the Phillies will be the ones to be there, but I think, like you, I think that mm. you know the, the Braves have been on cloud nine. I don't want to say they're taking things for granted, but I, I think. Um, a lot of the same reasons you feel the Marlins, I probably feel the Phillies. So picking an upset like you there. And um, and I think the the Orioles will will get the best of the Astros. Um, I guess you could say play a little bit of an upset there. But uh, those are the two you that got I got. the uh, Diamondbacks and Brewers, my man. What's that? Diamondbacks and Brewers, my man. I mean, yeah, you forgot them. So I'm, I'm getting there. So okay. I, I think – 
it's probably going to be I think it's probably going to be my heart says Brewers, my head says Diamondbacks. Same with me, that's what I want to do with the Diamondbacks too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm going to go Brewers with that one. Um is is what my heart tells me and I think I got to trust my heart for now. Okay. And then uh moving right along. I uh I think the Dodgers are going to take care of the Marlins just Marlins are going to run out of run out of steam. Uh, they they're a great team, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers and the Marlins are the Marlins. And I think that the Astros are going to beat the Rays. I think that's going to go seven games. And I think finishing out for the World Series, I think the Dodgers are going to beat the Astros in seven from the World Series. So I got my I got the Dodgers winning the World Series. You got so you the go Dodgers ahead and finish it all. Yeah, go ahead and finish your bad boy out. But that's just Dodgers just know what to do. They got a stacked lineup. Yeah, I mean, when I have – I've got the Orioles obviously going from the – representing the, the AL and yep. the NL side of things. It's hard to go against the the Dodgers. I, I, I do think they probably represent from the NL as well. And it's even really hard for me to, to pick against them overall, but – I'm going big time upset, and I'm going O's all the way. I think they holy think the World holy Series this year. So, going off the grid a little bit. We've we've, we've got some like different it. picks. Yeah, I, I like how we're we're different here. You know, it's sports or sports. This isn't football, but it's just like the NFL. Any given Sunday or any given year, you, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's what makes the MLB postseason, you know, so fun. So. What do you say? We we, we put a, a six pack on it, twelve pack. What do you like? Yeah, let's do a six pack and and let, let's right. make it interesting. Let's not do our usual Miller Light or Coors Light or Bush Light. Let's do like a like a craft beer going off our reviews. Let's make it something winner's interesting choice. that neither one of us have had. Yeah, I like it. Winner's choice. I like it. Winner's choice. We got a six pack. So the the world heard it here. We've uh, we've got a, a friendly wager that with something on the line here. That could influence potential uh, shows down the road. The the winner will get to choose uh, future beers and bros segment oh, reviews. For sure. So I like it. We got something on the line here for sure. So, um, yep. And then I'll run down the uh, the awards that I think that are going on. I'll, I'll run them down. Yeah, right. I, I'm curious what you what you think on that. Um, you've been following it probably uh, closer it. than I have, but um, you know, I, I have some. People that I think are in the running, but but let me hear what you think so far, and and then I'll let you know my thoughts. All right, so we got. I'm going to go NL Manager of the Year. I'm going to go with uh, Stip Schumacher from my Marlins. He was I like it. that he's going to be making it happen. Uh, AL Manager of the Year. It's got to be Bruce Bochy. From the Rangers, Bochi and AL MVP. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Shohei Otani, even though he's been out the last month, he still had a hell of a year. NL MVP. I'm gonna go with Ron, first player ever to have 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases. And with in the uh, in the NL, it's a nice rookie. 
probably AL is going to be NL is going to be your boy Cody Senga from the Mets. He had a hell of a year. And then AL of the year, I'm going to go with my boy Anthony Volpe, the shortstop of the Yanks. So that, that that's my awards. I like it. I like it. You know, I I was thinking Senga might be in the competition. You know, it's it's nice when guys win awards. I think the athletes will tell you it's it's not about the individual accolades, but given the the season that the Mets have had something positive coming from that and um guy like Senga winning you know an award would would be a a bright spot when there weren't a whole lot of bright spots to be found so so that would be nice I think um Shohei seems like the consensus from the ALS side of things you know I mean he's just it's it's almost impossible not to like the guy just from a, a, a fan voting perspective and obviously that's not the the people who get to decide but I think everyone's just sort of mystified by, by what he does. You know, I, I don't think there's been a greater lock for uh, MVP and, and really the, the face of the league in, in quite some time. So I, um, I, I definitely agree with that there. Um, I haven't followed Bochi as much, but, you know, just seeing where the Rangers were last year, it makes sense why he would be a candidate and, and why, you know, he'd get your vote, you know, just sort of, turn them around and and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, 18 years, you know, not having, you know, you know, advanced or, or, or won anything. It's, it's a long time. So kudos to him for the way he's turned things around. All right. We're back again after, some short technical difficulties. It's the day and age we live in with the internet, so we are just rolling with it. But jumping back to the NFL, we had a, a segment last so week as well that I really enjoyed, and it was our lock of the week and our upset of the week. And recapping what we picked, Dan had his upset of the week was the Dolphins who were getting two points. And his lock of the week was the Vikings who were giving for. He was correct on the Vikings who won their game. The Dolphins, unfortunately, did not keep it close. They did not, even though they were getting two points, they got blown out. So he was one and one. I, on the other hand, I had the Bucks. my upset of the week. They were getting three, and we know they, they took care of business. They won outright. Should have put some money on that straight up. So I got that right. My lock of the week, I had the Eagles who were giving eight points to Washington. And we all know how that game turned out. It was a lot closer than I expected. Eagles didn't end up winning, but they didn't cover the spread. So I was one and one as well. So let's turn the page to this week. It looks like there's some interesting games out there. You got a lock. And an upset for me, Danny boy. What are you thinking? All right, I'm going to go back to our beginning of the show. We talked about my Texans. I'm going to get my Texans plus two. That's going to be an upset. I like it. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then my lock of the week, I'm going to go with the Eagles minus four and a half on the road against the Rams. That's your lock. The Eagles giving four on the road. No, I like it. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, that's that's my lock. I mean, I wouldn't say the Texans are an upset, but I mean they're getting two points, so I, I think we should say that. I, I do like the Texans. They're they're rocking and rolling. I mean, we we explained in the beginning of the show. 
I think they're I think they're a good team. Yeah, I mean, hey, if they're getting two points, I mean, you you consider it technically an upset. I mean, you know, it looks like what against the Falcons. I mean, Falcons aren't yep. much to write home about, but I mean, you know, the the spread is what it is. I mean, Vegas they they usually know what they're talking about, so you know, I I like it. I think that's a good pick. You know, I went with the Eagles last last week and um, they won, but they didn't come through for me on the spread. Um, but they look like they're the real deal, so I, I could see you being right um, with with them as as the lock. I'm gonna try to go a little bit off the board. I'm I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans and the Colts are just to pick them. That doesn't surprise me. And that's just as much of a yeah, toss up as it gets. The the Giants, I mean, I've been watching that line a little bit. <laughs> Eleven points is just oh yeah, that's a lot. I can't even be upset about it though. It's it's not it's not wrong. That's that's you know less than two touchdowns. I mean, they would be lucky if they kept that game within two touchdowns. But that doesn't mean I'm going to touch touch it with a ten foot pole. Anything in double digits <laughs> is is pretty scary. So I, I'm not going with that. I um I'm staring down the Saints at plus one. I know they're on the road against New England, but I New England just looked terrible. And you know, who knows who the quarterback's team. gonna be? Yeah, who knows who the quarterback's I, gonna be, you know. For for who? The Saints or the Patriots? No, the Patriots. They they sat Mac Jones after in the third quarter. I didn't even see I didn't even see that. I wasn't watching the game that close. I mean, is uh who's their backup? Is it it's not Zappy, is it? I thought they yeah, got it's still zappy. It no, it's zappy. still zappy. They brought him back. Yeah, it's still zappy. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's that's interesting. I didn't even know that they 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 sat him. Um, I, yeah, I was surprised game, that um, Carr was back for the Saints, but um, I don't know if he's still completely healthy as well. That's that's going to be my upset. I mean, again, as you mentioned with Houston, can he call it an upset? I mean, it's plus one, but but I'm yeah. going. Uh, I got one and a half. I got one and a half on ESPN. So I write down one and a half. Okay, for Houston. Yeah, got it. No, for Saints. I'll give you give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll give you a half point. I got one and a half okay. on ESPN. Okay, yep. I like it. I'll yeah, I'm looking at plus one, but yeah, I'll take the I'll take the one and a half. So that's yeah, that's my upset. And yep. then my my lock of the week. I mean, uh, I'm trying to find something that makes sense. Um, if it wasn't a divisional game, I'd be inclined to go. Ravens over Steelers because as you mentioned the Steelers are another team kind of like the Bengals they just the the Bengals surprised me more because they were they've been better you know the last few years um but the Steelers also do not look the same they don't look competitive we talked a lot about stats today Mike Tomlin's got that amazing stat that he's never had a losing season and if it's ever going to happen it it seems like it's probably going to be this year so normally i'd love to take that game but the steelers are home and i i usually like to stay away from divisional games so i'm i'm not taking that one i don't think you can take the Bengals or the cardinals that one's just a mess Mm -hmm. i want to go against your pick, so I'm not going to take the Eagles, even though I do like that. Broncos, Jets looks like it's a crazy toss up. Chiefs, Vikings is only five, which is really surprising to me. Very um, surprising, yeah, very that, surprising. Yeah, and and they're on the road. I guess you could make the argument that maybe to some people the Chiefs had a more difficult time with the Jets this past week than than people would have thought, but. Um, 
yep. you know, that's, that's maybe a conversation for next week. I think the jets are getting a little too much scrutiny. I mean, yes, their defense hasn't shown up the way people have wanted, but they're, they're, they're still a much improved team. I think they're a well-coached team. So uh, I'm not all that surprised that the jets kept the game close uh, while at home. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know that that's much a reflection of them as it is the, the Chiefs. So I'm going to go Chiefs minus five for I like it. I my like lock it. of the week. I To me, yeah. I just – I don't see the Vikings keeping it very close. They've they've not looked good at all this season. So we, uh, we're both both one and one on the season, and uh, we, we got a couple upsets and locks that will make things – interesting next yes, week sir. when when we do this again um yes, we also got some some brackets to to talk about next week so we're we're in the thick of it man this is a fun time to be a sports fan we'll have nhl and, and nba yeah, that'll be starting up soon coming around yep exactly that's my jam i mean you know it i'm i'm a diehard hockey fan so i can't wait to get started i'm i'm a a, a big time devils fan as the the listeners will eventually find out and and thank god they are not only good again, but um, they they look like the real deal. I've got uh, high hopes for them this season, and I, I don't want to jinx things, but I'm I'm really thinking it might be their year. So it's a like I said, fun time to be a sports fan. Fun time to to talk everything sports with you, my man. You're you're a sports almanac. You're the best. Um, <laughs> always fun doing the, the beer segment with you. Um, next week, you know, we'll we'll be trying to probably bring this live to people. Hopefully we can yeah, get cool. some, some listeners, some feedback, you know, people to comment, people to to chat to us, and and I, I'd love to to loop people into this thing that we're we're doing now. I think we've got a good thing going, and I'm happy to continue doing it. It's been a blast so far. So oh, it's been a appreciate blast. Appreciate you, you as always, man. Yeah, I appreciate you too. I don't know if you saw our little YouTube channel. We had about 38 views I saw last night. So that number's popping. I mean, that's it's coming up. You know, we it's cool, man. It's it's cool. I know you've done some things to distribute this to folks, which is awesome. I've not even done any to. of it yet because we're just getting going. But now that we've got a couple episodes under our belt, feeling better about it, not worked out all the kinks yet, but but we're getting there. You know, that's one thing we've let out with from the get go is we're not professionals by we're any means. You know, we're, <laughs> no, sir. we're two no, guys sir. Who, who like to talk sports and we think we know what we're talking about on occasion. So we're, we're doing what we can to bring an entertaining show to people but it's not going to be without its bumps in the road. So appreciate people sticking with us and, and listening. And, and like I said, I, I hope people will check us out on Facebook, um, OT Sports Show. Check us out on, on Twitter, OT Sports Show. You can find us pretty much anywhere. We're, we're on Spotify now. We're, we're going to be on on Odyssey and Apple Podcasts soon. So we're, we're blasting this thing everywhere we can. We appreciate people listening. We appreciate the feedback and uh, – we're going to keep doing this for the foreseeable future. So, Danny, my boy, love you as always. So awesome always to do this. Right back at you, you brother. a lot of good content coming up, and I'll see you again in the week. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Boom. my man. Yeah, Peace buddy. out. Peace. Everybody come see the greatest show. Gather up all to the lows and rows. Come on. Everybody come see the greatest show. Gather up all to the lows and rows. Everybody come see the greatest show. Gather up all to the lows and Everybody come, everybody come, everybody!